Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. As always, it's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, is it fair to say that this podcast is not the fourth and eight? I'm going to throw three yards and try to get a first down podcast. Oh yeah, that would be a that would be a difficult podcast to understand. Uh, yeah, I think right? it's fair to say that that we are not that podcast. Nots, not that podcast. Right, right. In fact, I would go on to say if it did have that title as the podcast, it would be a hard it'd be a hard no for me, <laughs> a very hard no. Like, welcome to the fourth and three. That's really an eight yard pass podcast where we talk about um, uh, anything but football. That's right. No football in general. That's what it would be. It would be an alternate universe in some, some multiverse out there in the Marvel, Marvel universe of sports radio that nobody would want to listen to. So I think that's fair to say. In the meantime, in this universe at least, I think it's fair to say that we enjoyed a pretty, um, would you call super wildcard weekend? Oh my God, the wildcard weekend was so super. Serial. Very super serial super. And... I think for now, um, we won't see Super Wildcard Weekend for at least another year until the next Civil War, NFL Civil War movie comes out, and then um, we'll have them back, you know? So, in the meantime, you'll have us here to talk about it, and I think, Trevor, we enjoyed a good one, as opposed to last year, which was kind of flat, um, in Miami Buffalo, that was really entertaining, I mean, there was, uh, you know, New York and Minnesota, unfortunately for you, was, well, not maybe... <laughs> For you, entertaining, but to me, it was mildly entertaining. And uh, you know, L.A. and Jacksonville, as well as uh, Cincinnati and, and Baltimore, kind of coming down to the last minute. So, a lot of really good games. I was very skeptical about it going in, but um, well, uh, I can put a shoe in my mouth, right? <laughs> now these pressure. No, I, I thought the I thought the games were pretty good. Um, there were some surprises, like uh, like the Dolphins nearly upsetting the Bills. That was a really fun game. Uh, I was I was watching with uh, uh, a Vikings fan and that was, or sorry a Dolphins fan and that was really fun. Um, the uh, the Giants Vikings game was good. Didn't go my way at the end. Uh, couldn't really understand uh, what you've already alluded to the the three yard check down on a fourth and eight with the uh, with the season on the line. Uh, but I think my favorite game was Chargers Jags. Uh, just, you know, looked like the Chargers were running away with it before halftime. That then the Jaguars score before half, and and then it was mm-hmm. all Jaguars in the second half, and it came down to a one point win. Um, you know, the the Seahawks they uh, they kept it competitive for a while, but it was pretty predictable that the Forty ers and and the Bengals uh, would win their games. The Bills. The Bills survived. That's the only way you can put that. Um, and then, yeah, the Cowboys. Jeez, they really dominated the Buccaneers through four quarters. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was quite surprising. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the, the Buccaneers, I mean, do you think this is Brady's last game, or will we see him in a, a Vegas Raiders jersey, possibly the XFL? Um, wow, the XFL, I hadn't thought of that. That'd be something. Um, I mean, talk about raising the viewership. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, the, I, I don't think this is Brady's last game. I think he'll he'll be playing football next year. Um, uh, whether or not he's with the Buccaneers is, is highly debatable, and, and certainly uh, Las Vegas makes a lot of sense uh, when you look at the situation there with, you know, he'd have Devontae Adams. Uh, he's got a great... Uh, relationship with uh, Daniels, um, so yeah, it could it could be definitely be the the Raiders, uh, but no, the the one thing I'm pretty sure isn't going to happen for Tom Brady is retirement. How much uh, would you put on it? Oh, how much confidence level? You you want to you want to make it interesting? Eh, it could be it could be a little uh, jersey swap maybe. Yeah, yeah okay. No, I could yeah, I could bet cross country jersey swap. I could yeah. bet a jersey uh okay. that that Tom Brady plays football next year. Okay. And you bet possibly the Raiders. Well, and no, I I wouldn't speculate. I I'm not willing to bet for who. 
I'm just saying he's he's gonna be playing football somewhere. Uh, I feel like he went through too much. I mean, if, if he retired now, mm-hmm. and it's like really the 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 marriage fell apart for one season and a and a first round out in the playoffs. Was that uh, a pun? That was a pun. Was it a pun? The marriage fell apart. That was that's what I heard. The man. No, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about his marriage. I'm talking. About- Oh, you're literally talking about. I'm literally talking like 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 he's 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 no longer a married man because he wanted to play one more season with the Buccaneers. I don't think so. Um, I think he stays unretired, Uh, and uh, and I think I think he wants to go out better than this season, and I think he can do it. So, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I um, well. I don't have any sources, and I was checking to see if you had any sources with your confidence level of a jersey swap because, well, sir, I um, just don't think, I, I, I know what you mean. I, he's certainly still playing well until he won't, and he said this before, until I suck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop playing. But um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 don't see a, I don't see a place he could go to other than Vegas so that would take him that he could sort of be like competitive fairly quick. Now, with that being said, if, he, if Papa came home, and reignited the the magic between him and Belichick, which I assume won't happen, and likely would put the franchise back um, a few years, if if that, in New England. Only because they're going to be developing a quarterback, and it's kind of like a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Um, I think he's done. You think he's done? All right. I think he's uh, done. I, I, don't, I don't know why I feel that way. I mean, it's just got sort of more of a guttural feeling or intuition, but I think at this point, no Gronk. Um, what I mean, like we could always speculate what he has to play for, but I mean, does is he still going to be a dry? I mean, you're talking about like 23, 24 years in the league next year. He's going to be forty six years old. I mean, I I don't know. That's just another off season, and I know how competitive he is, and he certainly doesn't do anything to enhance his performance off the on the field. You know, training with uh, with that weirdo guy, but. Um, <laughs> Guerrero, he's yeah, kind of a quack doctor. I don't know if you've heard some of the things he talks about, but um, yeah, I, I could I could foresee this being his last season. So yeah, Unin- uninformed, of course. So no no sources. Another one that I heard was that he could end up. Uh, I mean, I did hear that he could end up back in New England, um, but I heard Miami uh, mm-hmm. because of the you know the offer of partial ownership type of a thing that Mm -hmm. they almost got in a lot of trouble for. Um, And when I look at Tom Brady, you know, surplanting Tua, like they've got a lot of weapons in place in in Miami. It could be a pretty sweet, it'd be an easy move from Tampa Bay. Um, Not, not that that's something that would deter him from going to San Francisco if they offered it to him. Uh, And I mean, you hear the San Francisco thing because everybody knows he wants to play for the Niners but that that doesn't make a lot of sense for the 49ers, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Okay. I, they, they don't need a good quarterback, so why would they pay for the best? Um, not saying he's the current best, best all time. But, uh, no, I think, uh, I think him in Miami would be uh, – it would be bonkers, uh, but it could make sense for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, you know, he's kind of a control freak in a lot of ways. And if he's looking for an investment, because God forbid he needs any more money, um, Miami could be it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Right, it, it, right. It, it could be the right fit. He goes against New England twice a year. It'd be hilarious. He probably would beat, beat us, you know. Um, what, what would you do with Tua? I mean, it, yeah, that seems like kind of the worst-case scenario for him. If you had to go anywhere, but... I like that, and I think a dark horse here, and bear with me, is the Denver Broncos, right? They get Ooh. Tom Brady, they get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you know, you just cycle them <laughs> in and out. <laughs> Every, everybody cooks. And, I took uh, you seriously for way too so, long, I think. It took me so, a little too long to realize you were joking. <laughs> yeah. Everybody cooks, Trevor, in that, in that backfield, in that quarterback room. So, oh, then, man. You know, we kind of parlay this to the uh, most recent news that we heard before we get to the NFL Divisional Playoff games is that Sean Payton has been contacted by Russell Wilson in the hopes of starting a, well, a kind of like a Hell's Kitchen in, in Denver. 
because the cooking man needs to start. The prep is there. He's he's a great sous chef. All he needs is his headmaster chef, uh, his Gordon Ramsay, if you will, Russell Wilson. Does. <laughs> and he contacted Sean Payton directly. Um, that's according to uh, Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports today. Um, yeah, an interesting relationship. Don't think that's the best fit for Sean Payne, but I guess if the, the veteran coach wants to win quickly, seems like a pretty logical landing spot. What do you think? I mean, I, I understand why. The biggest reason I see that Sean Payton could end up in, in Denver is uh, how much the Waltons would be able to pay him. Uh, they can make him a salary that he can't refuse. Uh, where where the whole situation, the big picture, starts to fall apart for me is what the Saints are demanding in trade. Because uh, the Broncos are just exhausted in terms of their draft capital and what they can trade. You know, I, I feel like if they were to do this for Sean Payton, it's almost like they didn't learn their lesson with uh, everything that hasn't worked out with the last major move they made. Um, they, they need a really solid replacement as head coach. They need somebody that's going to lead the team. They need somebody that's going to put Russell Wilson in his place, which is not on the same level as the head coach. You are a player. You don't need your own office. You don't need an entourage everywhere you go in our facilities. Um, so yeah, they they need the right guy. I'm just not, sh- and I'm, I'm I'm sure Sean Payton could be that guy. I just when it all falls apart for me with the fact that they have to trade, you know, at least a first round and and some a lot more than just a first round pick uh, to get him. So it uh, <clears throat> it's it's a nice dream for Broncos country, uh, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's um, well, like you said, it'd be like the mo- one of the most logical positions. But I think we've all agreed off air that it seems more uh, likely that he'd go to Houston because he can start over and build the team how he would want it. You know, with right. a lot of draft capital, a lot of money, and like even if let's say Houston wasn't wasn't the landing spot he wanted for one reason or the other because of ownership or just the the entirety of the rebuild. What about Indianapolis? What about? No, that's um, Indianapolis, you know, like, uh, Carolina, yeah, all the all these Carolina, places, sure, all sure. these places Carolina's that have a they have a lot to work with, but they also are in divisions that are ripe for the picking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He goes to Denver and he's right in there with the Chiefs and the Chargers. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it just sure. it, there's a lot Los of things. Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Sure. So the Chargers, you know, I mean, they haven't given up on Staley, but maybe they do. I mean, there's still more coaches to be fired, uh, hopefully, <laughs> for the right. sake of our news. Uh, I hate to say anybody lose their job, but there's some bad, bad, bad coordinators and offense systems in the league, and a lot of them got let, let go this week, none of which we really have a lot of time to talk about or are really worth um, kind of going through until we get into the off season and we're really starved for, for news, and Aaron Rodgers is basically the topic every week. Right. Um, we'll, we'll stick with uh, what we got in front of us, which is real so, football. There's one more thing I'll say about Sean Payton because I feel like it's the option that's not getting a lot of coverage right now. He can wait another year if he if he is determined to coach somewhere that he can't coach this year, Um, because I think he's only under contract one more year. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, so one more year, and all of a sudden, uh, teams don't have to trade for him. It can purely be how much you're going to pay me. And uh, and maybe by then one of the L.A. jobs does open up because I think that is where he really would prefer to coach is in L.A. Um, right. So so there you know the, I I see that as almost just as likely as anybody getting him is that he sits out one more year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the right call for Sean and just uh, weighing his options and being like. Eh, none of these, uh, none of these positions really look that interesting. <laughs> I mean, are they, are any of them really that good? No, no, no I, they're I, not. <laughs> would you, like, would you take it? I feel like you could take Houston or Denver. Be like, well, wow. and that's that's the Denver. I, I mean, was, yeah, you know, the other side of the, you know, when when we talk about the Denver option, we're being our our old optimistic selves 
with uh, with what they have in Denver. Um, but I'm not sure there's much reason to be Denver on the you know you look at it from another angle and Denver is a a chaotic mess. Like yeah, the Waltons could pay you a ton of money, but you know, oh man, the 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 situation. There's a lot of work to be done to get Denver back on track with where they should be with what they do have. So I'm not sure it is the best, uh, you know, the, uh, the appealing option that a lot of people think that it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it certainly is not. Um, if you could argue anything, it would be like, well, he would boost the offense and they would win more games. I suppose that's fair. I mean, they were the lowest scoring offense in the league. And I think we, we read a stat earlier this year that if they had scored more than 17 points in like 10 games, it would have won like seven of those games. <laughs> right. Well, so, and, I, you know, potential. absolutely. But then again, yeah. you're talking about relying on the defense and the defense, the Denver defense is amazing. But you, you follow this league long enough, you know, that amazing defenses don't last year in and year out. Uh, that they, they don't have the longevity that having the right pieces in place on offense do. Um, so that it's, uh, you know, you're, you're stepping into, a window that's already been open for, you know, it's it's probably closing if you're if you're looking at the defense as as what's the winning piece of the recipe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bill Belichick said it last year. No, Nick Saban said it at the podium last year after the national championship game or just before it that um, the the defenses even in the NFL have no chance of keeping up with the offenses anymore. They just don't. They yeah. Don't. For a variety of reasons, the, the rules, the speed of the game, the athletes are primarily on the offensive side of the ball. Not that there's not good ones in defense, but, I mean, you have left tackles who are basically as athletic as a tight end that are 350 pounds. You know, I mean, right. that's, that's going to be hard to compete with. So it's, it's yeah, it's not sustainable, and it's probably not likely that defenses win championships anymore, or even get you that far. They, I mean, other than, you know, you can make a case for San Francisco, but, I mean, they... You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, they played really well against Seattle. It's maybe an outlier this year. We'll see how they do against Dallas on Sunday. But um, nonetheless, it's it's just not something you see anymore. Not since, what, New England won in 2018. And don't really, I mean, you could say Tampa Bay in 2020, but that was COVID year. I think everybody's got asterisks on that year. And before that, when was the last time you saw a good defense really dominate and dictated the way? 2015 with Denver. Yeah, and then and before then, that, and before <laughs> happens before, every three or four years. Yeah, That's before it. Denver, it might even be a bigger gap since we saw yeah. a defense do it. Um, yeah, several years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So. Anyway, well, that's just speculation on our front. We'll keep an eye on it moving forward. And what we want to keep an eye on, Trevor, is, well, it's a big weekend coming up. Probably nothing too big. I don't really even know why we're doing a, a podcast show today because there's honestly really nothing important happening this weekend. Oh, wait a minute. Is it Super <laughs> Divisional Round Weekend? Super Divisional Round Weekend. <laughs> super Divisional Round Weekend, right? Yeah, if I could do that guy's voice, um, whatever, the uh, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. The guy with the, the very low voice and introduces things and can't do it. But anywho, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Super Divisional Wild Card Divisional Round Conference Divisional champ, divisional Championship Round Weekend. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. They eight and a half point favorites at Kansas City and over under 52 and a half. Then there were eight. And Jacksonville's one of them. If you had to tell me that at the beginning of the season, well... Uh, we would be swapping more than just jerseys, so <laughs> I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know what this, what to make of this, other than uh, it seems like the NFL is rigged, and <laughs> I don't know how, how do you come back from throwing four interceptions in the first half, throwing four touchdowns in the second? It'd have to be some some luck or some some stroke of HBO directing or Martin Scorsese or some sort of fat mafia guy in Providence, Rhode Island, taking taking a hold of the NFL controls. I have no idea how this happens, but somehow Jacksonville came back and won. They're here against Kansas City. They're playing them for a second time this year, and um, well, it's just they're arguably a better team than they were earlier in the season. Absolutely, and I think yeah. you know, I think uh, you know what I saw in the the Jags Chargers game is that Trevor Lawrence just he he wasn't himself early in the game. He was making mistakes that that you know 
were not the you know not typical for them uh, down the stretch this year. And then they you know he calmed down, got it figured out. If he can come out and play the way we know that he can play, then this is going to be a really really close, exciting game. But if they starts out slow and sloppy like he did against the Jags or against the uh, Chargers, then uh, then yeah, this this spread I'm taking Kansas City to beat the spread because um, I I don't think Kansas City is a team that'll let you come back on them the way the Chargers did. Um, that being said, I, I I don't think the Chiefs' defense is as good as the Chargers' defense. So I do think that this is – I mean, it's a 52-and-a-half over under. I'm taking the over. Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think both these teams put up 30 points. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely leaning Chiefs to win. It's, it's, it's hard, not, hard not to predict a Chiefs victory here. But, man, I love what I'm seeing from the Jags right now. It's just really fun football to watch. Yeah, they're um, they were very, very entertaining. There's no question about it. I mean, there's there's probably a few players on their team that are arguably the hottest in the league in terms of uh, well, just being on a streak of putting up some ridiculous stats. And Trevor Lawrence is one of them. I mean, four touchdowns, four interceptions last week. Um, what can you say about that performance other than it was eye-opening? <laughs> if you took your if you took your eyes off the screen after the the first half, I, I would I, it would make sense to me why because you didn't want to watch that game anymore. It wasn't competitive, right? It's a night game, Saturday night. Why the hell would I want to watch this anymore? I want to go out with the boys. I want to spend time with my family. I want to just disassociate and play Xbox, right? But you, what you missed was like you said in the beginning, and I kind of alluded to, other than it being scripted, which is possible but probably not likely, that it was one of the greatest comebacks in playoff history. And it was, oh, yeah. and it was probably one of the most polarizing performances we've ever seen in the playoffs, considering the tale of two halves. Um, no, and that's the thing. At, at this point, the future is bright for Jacksonville. I think uh, Doug Peterson is coaching really well. Uh, they they're loaded with talent, and and you know Trevor Lawrence keeps developing. Uh, they, they could, I mean, and they're they're in a soft division. Um, mm-hmm. They could. They could really run that place for the foreseeable future if they if they play their cards right. And we got the old guard, Kansas City Chiefs, at home. But we all know how susceptible they are considering what Cincinnati did to them last year at home in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game. You know, I think I don't, I, I don't know. Did you pick Kansas City? Because I think that they'll win here. But I did pick Kansas City. I did pick Kansas City. Um, it's just a little too, you know, the, the connection between, uh, Mahomes and Kelsey, it's just a little, uh, you know, it's, it's just so dominant that I, it's too much for me to, to say I'm going with the hot hand. The Jaguars are on a streak. Um, but I do feel that way about the, about Jacksonville. So I think this is going to be, uh, this could be the game of the weekend, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and it's crazy to say out loud, but after what we saw last weekend and throughout the last, like, 10 weeks of the season, it's really not crazy to say anymore because of how well they played mm-hmm. in, in primetime games. They really have. Um, Kansas City <clears throat> coming in off a week a week by. But I, I don't know how that will affect them, but, you know, I have to imagine that it's – it's an Andy Reid-led team. They're going to be prepared for. They've been here. Mahomes is probably one is next to Tom Brady the most uh, prolific playoff quarterback, maybe other than Joe Montana too. But probably he's probably number two now in NFL history. You know, in terms of stats, he got like thirty career playoff touchdown passes, and a lot of them to Kelsey, like Trevor was saying earlier. It's just going to be hard to defend him, and like Juju Smith. That offensive line is really good, but the only thing I'd be really concerned about as Kansas City, you're going to get in a shootout potentially, because their defense is horrid, absolutely horrid. Um, I don't know, you know, and that's why I think I think Jacksonville has a chance. But if Jacksonville goes down early, it's just going to be hard to keep up with Kansas City. It, it really yeah, is. and that's what I mean. I, I don't think Kansas City, you know, if, if Kansas City gets a 14 point lead. It's really hard to see them uh, letting letting anybody come back on them. Um, so 
Jacksonville has to play this game close the whole time if they're going to have a shot. But I think that they mm-hmm. can. If they came, if they come out and play the way that they can and without the slow start that they had against the Chargers, this is going to be the game of the week. Yeah. Playoff Chris Jones. Keep an eye out for him. He's performed very well in the playoffs the last two or three years, especially in the Super Bowl run they had two years in a row. Chris Jones is a playmaker, man. 15 and a half sacks in the seat on the season. Um, 55 sacks total by Kansas City. It's the most they've had in the Spagnuolo-led defense. But um, I just think, you know, playoff Spagnuolo, like, give me a break. I, just, I can't believe he's still a defensive coordinator. But huh. 33 touchdowns, 11 interceptions allowed this year for Kansas City. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be highlights, man. It's gonna, they're going to open up the playoff slate on Saturday at 2.30 with just a barn burner. I'm very excited for this game. But I'll take Kansas City. So, yeah, and the uh, over. I've, yeah, the over. I mean, it, whoever you're taking, you better be taking the over on this one. It's, it's sure. going to be points, points, points. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And um, let's see, eight and a half to Kansas City. I will take. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, Kansas City to cover. It'll be a ten point game for me. That's that is yeah. my uh, prediction. Yeah, I'll take. Let's do Kansas City thirty. And Jacksonville will keep it tight, twenty-four. But Kansas City will pull away in the in the fourth quarter. That is my prediction. I I can see that being the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got the closer, man. You got Mahomes. He's the closer. He gets coffee all the time. Only coffee. Only closer get coffee. You know that, Trevor. Right. So I think uh, okay. I think I'd go. I think I'm ready to go, like hmm. thirty-eight, thirty-five Chiefs. Like I think I think this game is going to get out of control and uh and i think the chiefs outlast the jaguars okay all right you heard it here first Trevor going the over way over and the big way, game from Trevor way Lawrence over potential. way over and the jaguars covering the spread yeah okay all right we're gonna go saturday night new york giants at the philadelphia eagles a seven and a half point favorite to philly over under 48 another team if i told you at the beginning of the year the New York Giants would be here in the playoffs in the second round, and they would beat a Minnesota Vikings team that was 13-4 and make Trevor cry. You would owe me... <laughs> I would owe somebody a lot of clothes because at this point I'd just be butt naked. But nonetheless, um, New York Giants doing the old school way. A lot of running the ball. Very efficient passing. Daniel Jones looks like... Uh, well, I hate to say it. Could he be a franchise quarterback? I think he might have proved something over the weekend, potentially. He got himself a payday. That's for well, sure. So coming, the coming back against Philly. Yeah. The longer the longer they have him, the more he starts getting this comparison to Eli Manning. And Eli Manning is a two time Super Bowl champion. Um yeah. you know, you can you can go really far with a with a reliable quarterback. Um, you know, it it's not always the the Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrows that's that's going to win the the Super Bowl. Uh so yeah, I think I think Daniel Jones uh he fits really well where he is. I think I think the Giants would be fools to to move on from him. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's I mean, he fits well in that system. He plays well. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's learned from Dayball how to be a really efficient quarterback like Josh Allen did. Um, Dave Ball is probably the best quarterback coach in the NFL. He's a head coach. He's not going anywhere in New York. Um, look, they lost against Philly, what, 47-27 early in the year. They started that weird stretch where they were winning and they weren't. And then they didn't, didn't play anybody in the last week of the season and lost by six points. I think this is going to be closer than seven and a half. This is a, this is a divisional, divisional opponents going against each other for the third time this year. So... What do you think? Sorry, do you think it'll be close as well? You know, I, I don't think it's. You know that it's tough. It, it, so first of all, I'm going to point out that there are three NFC East teams out of the four NFC teams left in the playoffs, which is just bonkers. Oh, wow, I didn't um, even realize that. Yeah. yeah, and and because you know, with with the winner of this game, at least one of them is going on to the, to the, uh, you know, conference championship where they could face the Cowboys. Um, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I'm, I'll pick them out right, right away. And honestly, I think 
when it's over with, I I think I'd take them to beat the spread. Um, I don't mm. think they're going to whoop up on the Giants. I think the Giants are going to do what, what they did last week and play some really solid football. Um, but the difference between uh, – there's several, but the big difference between the Eagles and the Vikings is how good the Eagles' defense is. Uh, the Vikings' defense, uh, I think, finished the season 31st overall. Um, and so that's what the Giants were dealing with last week, a bad defense. Um, the Eagles are tough. I, I think their defense might be better now than it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, it's had its ups and downs with injuries, but that defensive line is just relentless. I mean, the, the backups are brutal. Uh, so the guys they're rotating in are future Hall of Famers. Um, so, yeah, the Eagles, I, I like them a lot in this game. Also, yeah, Javon. the the Giants are a little banged up after last week. Um, uh, their 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 hot shot rookie on the defensive end, uh, Thibodeau, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he finished the game, but he had to leave uh, a significant part of it with an injury. Um, and that's the way these playoffs often go. It's kind of a war of attrition. Uh, these teams are are more banged up every week that they advance, um, whereas the Eagles. They were that number one seed. They're rested. Um, so I think I think the Eagles are going to really push the Giants around uh, in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, if you look at the Eagles, either side of their line, I mean, they're just stacked. Even with on the offensive front, they got Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and uh, Brian Brooks. I uh, Jordan Maluia. I can't think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, um, uh, Melidia, I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> a first round pick, Andre Dilliard backing him up. Landon Dickerson, I mean, it's just a really good offensive line. And like you said, the, they're just insanely deep at the defensive tackle and defensive end position. And I think they broke the NFL record for most team sacks in the season. I, I, I would not, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah. They were really close. 70. Yes, they did break the NFL record. So that was the, well, that was held by the well, uh, five Bears. So this is just a relentless defense. Yeah, really well, I, I think I saw somewhere they set a new record for how many defenders reached the ten sack mark in the regular season. It's just ridiculous. Right. So insane. Um, yeah. yeah, this uh, this Eagles team. Uh, you know, I, I expect a real good game out of the Giants. They got a great head coach, solid solid football on both sides. Uh, but I think. Uh, I think it'd take a real miracle for them to move past the Eagles. So yeah, I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, likewise. It, it's I wouldn't say miracle, but I think it'll be close. They'll play them close until that defensive line just starts to wear down the, the the New York Giants offensive line, and that'll be the difference. And we know that that running game is so important for New York. If it's not going to go, it's pretty much the whole offense. <laughs> so right, and and I from, do think you know, I think you know it's it's great to see Saquon Barkley as his old self again. We haven't seen this uh, level of play from him in a couple of years. And uh, I think he's good for, you know, two or three burners down the sideline. Uh, but I don't think it'll be enough to uh, to counter what the Eagles can accomplish when they have the ball. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting game. Yeah, for sure. Um, they keep saying about every game, but really, I mean, this is the playoffs. <laughs> this is this is what, what we want? love. What do you, want? you gotta you gotta watch right. every game too. We don't have a lot of them left. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, what's what's up with the NFL playoffs? They're all exciting. What's up with that? Well, that's all I get. Right, like Trevor said, that's the, that's all the games we got here. So, uh, I always take Philly over under forty eight. I'll probably say under. It's like twenty four ten game to me. So nah, I I, I think that's that pretty, line. I think that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah I think uh, the under on forty eight feels right. Yeah, wicked kid. So, okay, uh, moving on to Sunday, 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 Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills, a five and a half point favorite to Buffalo, over under forty nine. Boy, oh boy, you couldn't write this one up any better. Um, probably the most emotional game of the season. Demar Hamlin obviously survived. Um, everything is good with him as far as we know, and. He'll certainly be present at this game, and hard to bring back memories of what we saw three weeks ago in this game. Um, it's going to be interesting, the emotional atmosphere in Buffalo. And as we know, 
anytime you play Buffalo in Buffalo, anytime during the year, playoffs or not, it's a ruckus atmosphere, and this is going to be insane for this game. Probably one of the most, probably probably the most ruckus atmosphere games you'll probably ever see. Oh, ab- absolutely, football type level. Yeah. Well, and it, it, yeah, the 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 ruckus atmosphere, uh, the level of play out of out of the Bills on both sides <laughs> of the ball, uh, it's all going to be amplified with the emotion felt for Demar Hamlin, as it should be. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be insane, um, which makes it a little harder for me to take the Bengals, but I'm taking the Bengals. Um, uh, I wow. think it's going to be absolutely nuts, but. Joe Burrow is Joe Cool. He's he's never he he doesn't let the atmosphere phase him. He he doesn't dwell on his own bad plays, mistakes. He shrinks them off instantly. Um, I think this Bengals team, uh, as 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 you know, as good as everybody knows they are, I think they still feel uh, understandably uh, slept on, disrespected. Uh, I think they're the best team in the AFC, and uh, I think the talent is there, the consistency is there. They they have a real knack for uh, overcoming whatever uh, curveballs come at them, injuries, what have you. Uh, I I'm taking the Bengals to win a close one in Buffalo. It's tough not to take Cincinnati. I mean, honestly, man, if there's one team that can beat Buffalo and Buffalo, it's probably Cincinnati. Um, the big three have to be consolidated down into the big two in the AFC right now. And uh, that's, <clears throat> I mean, Kansas City has pretty much got to pass the AFC Championship game to play one of these top teams. And I tell you, it'd be hard to pick against Joe Cool. Like Trevor was saying, It's he's probably been the best player in the NFL for the past 10 weeks. So um, it's hard to argue against that. And they got they got everybody go, ready to go full strength. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd, I mean, Joe Mixon. That you know, Buffalo's defense has kind of slipped on me a little bit here. I mean, thirty-one right. points in Miami last well, week against and, Tyler Thompson. And the thing is, That's... is whatever. Let, let's say you take away Jamar Chase or you take away Joe Mixon, it's not enough. The Bengals find a way right. to beat you. Um, the other thing that I'll say, and and you know, with, with all respect to the emotion involved in this game, uh, the one person for the Bills that I see the well, I'll call it the Demar Hamlin effect as a negative is Josh Allen. Um, they seem to beat themselves when Josh Allen tries to do too much. Um, that's when he starts to make mistakes at the end of close games is when he tries to do too much with the football in his hands. And I just, I think that's where this, uh, this emotion, this extra emotion they'll be playing with is a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's gonna. That's definitely Josh Allen's sort of. Uh, if you want to call anything he does wrong, <laughs> it's not even necessarily he does wrong. He just plays very passionately, right? And uh, start started throwing off his back foot or doing something. I mean, silly. What What do you want him to do? Check down to a three yard out route with uh, eight <laughs> yards to go and the season on the line. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, if it's <laughs> safe, Trevor. If it's safe. <laughs> Course, would you rather him throw an interception and then you know, then what? You know, the as long as it was past the first down marker, yeah. As long... Okay, all right, all right. You don't want another, this is, you don't want this another is, uh, situation. Therapy for Trevor this week. Oh man, right? right? You're, you sound like you're projecting. What are you holding back? You know? Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's just a great matchup, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Josh Allen just that he could be very emotionally driven and fueled by this situation. And, um, yeah, I think everybody will be the, the game, you know, and, and looking back and granted, we didn't have a lot of like time to watch that game. Um, a few weeks ago between Cincinnati and Buffalo, that was a chippy game, man. That was going to be a very, very physical game. If, if I remember correctly. And so knowing when Cincinnati, and I, I don't really know how I feel about this situation. I, I don't want to go into the weeds here on it and how Cincinnati sort of got, seated here and how the whole thing worked out. I still think it should have been played on a neutral site. That's just me talking. Um, you know, they have a lot. I mean, they have they have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder than Buffalo does. I know that sounds weird with DeMar Hanlon being there and that whole the emotional situation of him being healthy and watching the game and getting the guys pumped up, but this is technically Cincinnati's game. This should have been played in Cincinnati or at a neutral location, you know? 
I oh, think yeah. that's how Cincinnati feels. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of take some of that, that anger and that resentment into this game. And it gets chippy. I can see this game being very chippy. Oh, yeah. This, they're very motivated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Uh, what's his name? Vontez Perfect isn't still with the squad. God, I'm a loser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but like, uh, the, I mean, you could count on him for one thing, and that was to like lose control of his emotions. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. We need we need an, an unstable person on the field. Let's call him up. See, <laughs> see if we can get him on the squad. You know, tomorrow. Over under forty nine. I'm going to take an over because I think both defenses are bad. No, yeah, I'm definitely. Either of them are good. I'm definitely going over. Um, Yeah, I've I've already taken the Bengals to upset, but yeah, taking the over on the 49 for sure. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick against Cincinnati here, Um, even with Buffalo playing the way they are. I just 31 to Miami. I couldn't believe how turned out turned off they looked in that game. At times, I mean, 14 nothing in the first quarter, and then I mean, 20. It was a 31 20 advantage the rest of the game for Miami. So. I'll take, ah, it's hard for me to pick against Cincinnati because this is Joe Burrow's year to be MVP and maybe go back to Super Bowl. This this is it. I think it's going to be Cincinnati as well. So, uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo came out very emotional, returned a oh, kickoff return for a touchdown. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, and, I mean, these are the yeah. AFC the AFC playoffs. Uh, they're just, they're wild. Uh, these teams are all so good. For sure. Moving on to the best team, arguably, in the NFC. It's the Dallas Cowboys at the Cincinnati. Wow. San Francisco 49ers. They over under 46.5. San Francisco, a four-point favorite. Yeah, I tell you, Trevor, I like this matchup because this reminds me of the 90s, right? Oh, absolutely. This is you and I both grew up in watching Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Tyrell Owens, Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Darren Woodson, Bill Romanowski. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. Ronnie Lott, you know, Bryant Young, Garrison Hurst. It's just an old-school matchup. Even when I go to the 80s, right, Dwight Clark, that catch, and some of the other matchups they had, it's just a fantastic matchup if you love football and you're a historian or some sort of, like, absolute just ingratiating <laughs> football person like Trevor and I are. This is why we do this, this podcast, and... It's a wonderful matchup. It's going to be very tight. Um, Brock Purdy yeah. in the e- next round. Yeah, even even with the uh, divisional history that the Giants and Eagles have, uh, this is definitely the best, uh, you know, historic matchup of the weekend uh, in terms of of teams with a history and, and a rivalry. Um, yeah, these these teams and these teams are both trying to get back to those days with a Super Bowl win. Um, this, this is also, I mean, for me and they're all tough, they're all tough this week, but this is the hardest one for me to pick. Um, and a big, big reason for that is Brock Purdy. He's a, he's not just a rookie. He's, he's the last overall pick. I mean, he's, he, don't get me wrong. He's playing amazing. He's really wanting me, it wanting me, it has me wanting to believe, uh, but this is a rookie in the playoffs. I, I won't stop worrying about him being a rookie in the playoffs until it's over. Um, you know, if they make it to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, I'll be saying, well, he's a rookie. You know, I, I can't help it. Um, I, I think he's got a bright future uh, for someone drafted where he was. He's taken uh, full advantage of this amazing opportunity he's, he's had. Um, but man, it's tough. And then on the other side of it, you've got the Cowboys who are playing really well, but they you know that they they're their ups and downs, their downs seem to come out of nowhere. I'm never ready for their bad performances, so you never know when it's going to happen. Um but man, to me it it feels like another ups I think I think I'm going with two upsets on Sunday. I think I'm taking the Cowboys. Wow, Cowboys! I didn't see that. I thought the direction you're heading with that analysis, I thought for sure you're taking San Francisco. I so. think I think things are clicking. Um, yeah, I, ultimately, I think the Cowboys are gonna feel that same heartbreak that every other team feels before it's over in the playoffs. But I don't think it's this week. Um, 
they're they're playing really good on both sides of the ball and and I know the 49ers are also and the 49ers are at home uh they played really well against Seattle last week but I think I think the Cowboys are rolling right now I mean, it's a good take I, I think if you're going to take Dallas it's going to be on the premise that they can control Nick Bosa you know and they can score against the San Francisco defense because we saw last week that Seattle could do that sort of, but they just couldn't get out of their own way and making so many mistakes. And Seattle is, well, they're playing them for a third time in the division. So it wasn't really a surprise that San Francisco kind of had an advantage there. This is the only non rematch of the season right now. Only oh, my, the whole oh my goodness. I could, I Dallas didn't notice San Francisco. that. Fresh, fresh matchup, fresh teams. Now they did, didn't they play last year? Right. I think so. In playoffs and yeah, and Dallas and and Dak Prescott kneeled the ball and <laughs> and they ran out of time. That's it. right. Oh, what a yeah, crazy so, finish to that game last year. Uh, so it's know, interesting. Oh man, yeah. yeah, the redemption kind of feel here for Dallas is is kind of a, it's juicy uh, nonetheless. You know, like you, look, you look for a drama in football and the NFL and the playoffs have it tenfold, but this kind of adds to the to the to the story, just given that Dallas choked it last year and they could have won <laughs> well but so, speaking of dallas choking yeah. uh i don't want to to not mention uh what was his name brett mayer uh missed yeah brett mar brett mar missed yeah. four four <laughs> extra points brett brett, um, brett not gonna not gonna not gonna work here anymore <laughs> yeah. well uh, apparently they're sticking with him apparently he just had okay. a bad day uh and it's like wow um I hope he's been having a lot of good days in practice since then because, oh, you uh, man, that that's a hard one not to – I mean, that happens in the – you have a regular season game where your kicker misses four extra points in one game. He's not your kicker next week. Um, yeah. That's just the way I see it. Uh, so I, I realize that it's the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure what it would take. To find somebody you had more confidence in than the guy that just missed four extra points, uh, but that I'm I'm not the NFL historian that I like to think I am, but that feels unprecedented. I mean that that's got to be some kind of record, uh, at least in the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, it's it's like kind of a variable in this game, you know. If it's close, if it's a four point line, and it really is a four point game. Is it because they missed four extra points again? Right. I and mean, you have to kind of figure. You have to kind of think about that. Okay, that's that can be a difference in a very close game. Yeah, it's a field goal right there. That's a game-winning field goal potentially. You know, so um, and that's the difference between you going down and getting a game-winning field goal and a touchdown. You know, right. So, right. Um, if you, if the the game was that close, so I, I <clears throat> you took Dallas. This is a tough one. I. I God, a rookie quarterback in the divisional round at home playing against the the Cowboys who it just, yeah, you never know who you're going to get from. I still got to pick San Francisco because I I think Nick, yeah, if there's anybody that can control Nick Bosa, it's that offensive line in Dallas and they have Tony Pollard and Zeke and CeeDee Lamb and boy, when they're on, they're on, man. That offense is probably one of the best in the league as long as they're on, but their defense, I don't have as much confidence in, to be honest. And I think they've played middle ground football since probably week 12 or 13 this season. And I think San Francisco with Shanahan just is going to figure it out. So I am going to say San Francisco, the line is four. I'll take them by three points and the over-under 46.5. I think that's fair. I, I think I'll stick at 46 and a half. Not, well, I can't go at a half, of course. Stupid lines. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. Maybe like slightly under. I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game, but Dallas can come out and surprise me. If Dak's on, he's on. So, no, I, I, I could see it. I could see it being a 23, 23 to 20 49ers win. Um, yeah. that, that's definitely uh, in the realm of makes sense. Um, I'm leaning Cowboys. And uh, since I'm leaning, since I'm taking the Cowboys to upset, uh, I see it as an over. Uh, that's that you know because I agree with you. The Cowboys, the 49ers are going to put some points on the Cowboys. Uh, it'll be up to 
uh, the Cowboys to to outshoot them. And uh, to me, that if you know if I predict correctly that the Cowboys win, I'm taking the over. Okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, we'll we'll take Trevor's predictions in mind. And with that being said, the bracket it would be. Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo. Oh no, wait, we split that, right? Now we both take big Cincinnati. So Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati, and then the Eagles and well, let's just call it the Cowboys in the next round. So because I was kind of iffy on this pick. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, that is that. That's that's interesting NFC Championship, AFC Championship games. So I guess we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on it and pick it up next week, my friend. I'm excited to watch this week this uh, weekend of football. It's going to be exciting. So. Any words for our friends out there in terms of, in terms of, uh, uh, I don't know, advice? In here, I'll just, I'll just say it again. You know, if you're listening to this podcast on a Friday, do, I mean, do what you got to do. Uh, real life gets in the way, but we don't have a lot of good football left. Or sorry, we don't have a lot of football left, but the football we have left is really good. Uh, so I personally am going to watch as much of these games as humanly possible. Hopefully, every single moment. Because uh, man, the uh, the dark times are right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah the days that, t- that test the men's souls, right? <laughs> so and butts and bellies and yeah, just overall resolve and everything else. So in the meantime, give us a listen, a subscribe, a like, a review, a follow, a share, and all the other things you can possibly do to put our name out there in the universe. You can even pray to one of your gods and or idols and see if maybe they want to listen to football in general because, as we know, football permeates across the world. It is uh, also in the stars and possibly metaphorical places like heaven. So <laughs> I'm not really not really sure how it gets up there, but the airwaves carry it, and, uh, you know, Spotify does its thing, and uh, we go from there. So, anywho, until next week, uh, we'll pick it up with the AFC and NFC Championship Games. We look forward to it. We'll see you then. Until next time. Da, 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 da. We're out.